Nothing knows. Nothing knows. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nothing Goes podcast. You're here with uh, Ben Woodbury from Modus once again, and we also have a repeat guest, Mark Miller from Winfield Watch. We uh, wanted to bring him back on because he one he has a great story, two he has a great product, but we also wanted to talk to him about um, the promotion that we're doing, um, and we also wanted to hear about how he's kind of coped with um, essentially the coronavirus and how it's affected his original business of making watches. Um, but Mark's a great guy. He has a great story. And again, you know, this, like I said, these episodes, they're kind of bonus episodes and we're here to support the veteran community. We're here to support, you know, small businesses. And we think Mark is a great um, epitome of, of everything we talk about and everything we, we want to do. So we wanted to uh, bring him back on because we like talking to him and he's got a great product. So uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mark so he can introduce himself and we'll, uh, we'll get started. So Mark, how you been? What's new? Hey, Long time good, talk. good, good, good. Yeah. I tell you, it's been quite a Thanksgiving. I think I've had about enough Turkey for at least the next six months or so. Maybe have one yeah. in the summertime, but, uh, <laughs> I think we're, I think we're finally out. <laughs> so that's good. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks to you, Brian, for you know continuing your efforts, and especially thanks to Ben. You did a fantastic job in getting the the uh, Christmas shopping list put together, yes. and working with uh, some of the other veteran-owned businesses. So you know your efforts were really appreciated there, Ben. I sure appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they did a great job. So I know that's that was awesome that they they set that up. Can't can't thank him enough. So that being said, Mark, um, I know I kind of want to just talk briefly on the challenges you faced and how you kind of coped with maybe some supply chain interruptions. Yeah. You know, yeah. How did you how'd you deal with that? How'd you pivot? Um, and then we'll kind of talk about a, a spin-off company that you started. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting. Yep. Yeah. We kind of got caught a little bit in the crossfire on uh, so fabrication of, of certain watch components. Um, you know, we were right in the middle of trying to get a uh, get a new model launched, like literally exactly when COVID and Corona struck. So that shut down all the plants in Asia, and they were down for probably two or three months. And wow. I guess you know they were going through deep cleaning and sterilization efforts and and disinfecting and uh, all their machinery and testing the employees and everything. So they, they just, they just shut down and that really affected the whole watch community, you know, the, uh, from the biggest brands to micro brands like, Mm -hmm. like Winfield. But uh, so that put a big delay in getting the uh, MT2 and MT1S models released. Um, And then also, you know, another big hit, thanks to Corona was a big marketing effort that we were planning on doing, which was a, uh, uh, a summit attempt on Everest that was supposed to go down in April. So, uh, you know, so shut down the whole global travel and so, but really put the kibosh on that effort as well. So it was kind of a, you know, hunker down and, and get through it kind of mode for most of, most of 20 um, you know, we started a year ago in November of 2019, 
right in time for, you know, kind of the holiday season. And then, you know, after the first of the year, spring hit and then COVID. So, so it was a, it was a tough year to start a business. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, we luckily we had enough sales to kind of fund, you know, some new efforts and things like that and keep the company going and getting ready for, uh, uh hopefully what's going to end up being a more normal 2021. But, uh, you know, just like everybody, it was a, it was a, it was a tough year. Yeah. No Luckily doubt. my day job wasn't affected. So, you know, still able to put food on the table, but, um, as far as, as Winfield, it was, there was some pretty dry months there for a while. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. Has he, uh, have you noticed the supply lines picking up? Is it starting to improve some? Yeah. Well, the month of November, yeah, we launched, like I said, on November 1st in 2019. So starting November 1st, 2020, we launched an anniversary sale and then that rolled into a Black Friday, uh, you know, ended up being a, a month long sale and we've really done well this month. So, you know, I'm glad to see the orders coming in and that, you know, being a small business, I'm not taking any uh, you know, pay out of the business or anything. It's all going right back into Winfield. And that allows us to get creative on, uh, you know, upcoming models and, and, uh, working on some leather straps that'll be offered as options here before too long. Um, you know, so November was a great month. Hopefully we can ride this through, uh, through the holiday season and, and into 21. So, that's Thankfully, awesome. November was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. You know, I'm always impressed. You know, even even though you're, like you said, a new company, and you're, you're fairly small. Your social media is great. Like you, you've been able to really get your watches in some hands of some really awesome people. I mean, they're they're doing some great things. I'd I'd be curious. How did you, um, if you don't mind talking about that, how were you able to to find those people? How were you able to get that that promotion going and, and just get that um, advertising? I mean, it's it's really awesome to see. Well. Um, microbrand watches in general, and certainly Winfield specifically, really exist solely in the social media world. So, you know, I had a Facebook account for, you know, 100 years and stuff like that. But as far as really getting into social media and getting an Instagram account and business account and getting all that stuff ramped up, you know, I, I didn't really have any idea at all how to do that, you know, through kind of the summer of 2019. So it was a huge learning curve for me. And uh, so, you know, I got presence on all the, uh, the platforms and created accounts and started posting some photographs and started following uh, folks that I thought were cool. And, um, you know, next thing you know, I'm like, wow, you know, you're supposed to be all collaborative and everybody's supposed to be kind of working together and stuff like that. So I just reached out to a couple of guys thinking I'd never, you know, never hear back from them at all. And, you know, next thing you know, I heard back from them. Next thing you know, um, you know, I'm sending watches out and they're starting to appear in other people's feeds and, uh, uh, starting to kind of get a, get, get a following in, kind of the, the, some of the, kind of the shooter, uh, shooter market, as well as some of the adventure sports markets through, uh, the likes of Tim Emmett and, uh, his rock climbing efforts. And, 
so, you know, but it was just purely dumb luck. I just reached out and just went for it, thinking the worst thing they could do is not respond at all or tell me to, you know, shove it or quit bothering them or something like that. But um, so, you know, it really proved to be exactly what it, the social media effort kind of is supposed to be, and that is collaborative effort, people working together and, and uh, you know, work, working together as, as a whole to move things forward. So it really ended up being a success that I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I had no idea that it was going to catch on as quickly as it did, I guess. So, you know, I, I still learn things every day. Yeah. I post things and I'm starting to see trends and, in, uh, you know, likes and, and website hits and stuff like that. So I'm starting to gather up some historic data. But in the beginning, it was just, you know, pure luck <laughs> just jumping in and and seeing what happened so so it's but it's been a cool experience oh, that's, that's awesome I, mean, I think in all fairness i think you're doing a lot better than you give yourself credit for I, I'm oh, yeah i'd agree on, i'd agree with that <laughs> yeah you're saying great now i have to ask one of the most impressive placements i saw and i, I hope you can talk about it is uh, if i'm not mistaken it was james yeager and jack carr on a few of their posts, I saw a few yeah. of them guys wearing some Winfield watches. That yeah, that oh That's man, great, great well, yeah. Well, James Yeager has been a huge supporter, and he came through um, through uh, tactical photographer, which is a uh, guy named Don Reber okay. on Instagram. And Don turned me on to James and sent James a watch. And next thing you know. He's doing a quick video and uh, Don calls it the Jaeger effect. If you can get something in Jaeger's hands, your sales go through the roof and, and your website hits go through the roof. So it's the Jaeger effect is what Don called it. Um, so, yeah, but he's been a great supporter. Uh, he's been a tremendous supporter. And then as far as Jack Carr, that was just one of those reaching out. Yeah, you know, that's I had, awesome. I had a little bit of NSW experience and, and my time in the Navy. So I just kind of sent him a couple of quick messages and, and he's like, sure. So next thing you know, there's a couple of pictures of, of James and Jack sporting the Winfields, which is, was just really cool to see, you know, it was just really, really great, really satisfying to see um, the efforts of just really just reaching out and not being afraid to contact people and kind of see things start to have a life yeah. of their own. So, uh, so the, well, that was really fun. The pictures with Jack and, and James Yeager for sure. But uh, as far as James is concerned, I'm hoping to get after COVID dies down, the holidays are over. I'd like to get a, a uh, group of Winfield guys and go take one of his pistol courses. So I think that'd be a blast. That would be cool. So Brian, Ben, I'll make sure and let you know how that turns out. See if we can get that scheduled. But I think that'd be, I think that'd be awesome. Oh, Any wow. anything on the range? I'm in. Anything on the range, man. Let's go. Yep. That'd yeah, be terrific. For something like that, I'll even volunteer to pick up the brass if uh, if I can tag along. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely. <laughs> if Brian's paying for bullets. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> if if you can find any right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I, for some reason, I think. Is, Ben, I think you and James are probably pretty well stocked. I have no doubt. I I can neither confirm nor deny that. For, 
for any uh, authority that's listening to Indeed. this podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be the next spinoff, Mark, is we figure out how to uh, manufacture uh, bullets. Um, I don't know if it works anymore, but <laughs> I'm actually a silent partner kind of in a, a local gun shop here in Las Vegas. And, uh, and it's right now it's, I mean, the, the gun shop, it's a good problem, but a bad problem. There's so much demand and not enough supply for a small, um, you know, in, a, in the shop that I'm affiliated with has a clientele. It's more like the old time, a lot of wood, you know, a lot of wood grip guns, you know, they don't want to really get into the, the AR platform kind of stuff. And, but they did, we did do it during the, the, you know, the, the hunt for red October in March. Right. Mm, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but right now there's, there's so much demand and zero supply. It's, yeah. I mean, unless you're a Cabela's or a, you know, a, a gun store that's putting out a ton of, of, uh, stuff out the door, it's, it's almost impossible to get a hold of, of, um, brass that you can, you can retail at, uh, an effective rate. I mean, we can get a hold of brass, but, it's so expensive for us that we'd be killing the consumer, you know, to even make two cents a bullet. We'd be, yeah. we'd be killing the consumer and it's, it's crazy right now. It's insane. It's such a weird market. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't understand. Well, I think it's part you know, of, part of me understands it. But. I think it's panic buying, mm. you know, panic buying, not necessarily that like, you know, the end of the world is coming or anything, which may be part of it, but um, you know, assaults on, on, uh, second amendment rights. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was funny. So if you don't buy it today, tomorrow, you might not be able to. And in April I worked, I worked part-time when they needed me to go down there and work the the desk, I'd go down there. And, uh, (laughs) and if you could stereotype people when they walked in the door, um, we were filled. There was a line out of, out the door, of and you you know every i would say every 10th person you could tell was a firearms guy knew what he was talking about hey i'm Mm -hmm. looking for this you know whatever Mm -hmm. and you could have a conversation with them but the other nine people in line were people that probably the week before were going oh nope nope we shouldn't have guns higher we need stricter background checks you know and they're all looking at you cross-eyed going hey uh i need um i need something to defend my home um I need one of those AR shotgun. What do you call those? You know, and it was just the dumbest <laughs> conversations, you know, yeah. and people yeah. were buying, people were buying just the junkiest, you know, we, we were trying to discourage them from buying the junk guns and they were still like, well, no, I really need something today. You know, I need it today. You know, well, you know, a week ago you were saying we, you shouldn't be able to get it today, but you know, <laughs> it was funny. It was yeah. a lot of fun, but I guess when it comes right down to it, it's like, well, I'm an American and this is my constitutional right. So maybe they're kind of waking up to the fact that, uh, yeah. you know, these rights are being infringed on more and more so every day. Somebody might come to their house and steal their toilet paper. How are they going <laughs> to exactly. defend, defend their protect life? my toilet paper, man? Exactly. Yeah. Only yeah, thing harder know. to get, get a hold of than st- ammo is started. toilet paper. Yeah. yeah. I don't get don't get me started on the um, on the uh, Second Amendment issue. We'll we'll be here all night. 
we'll save that one for uh, one of our spinoff shows. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, before we get in too far into the, the gun issue, because I know I can get on my soapbox too, and we'll, we'll never be, we'll never wrap this show up. But uh, one of the interesting things that, that Mark did, uh, he did a spinoff uh, of an, one of his products kind of it, it his explanation was he started making leather straps and he kind of launched that into another product. So I'd kind of like to talk about that too, Mark. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that other product you developed is kind of sure what you're getting into yeah. um, and how you kind of pivoted, you know, while you're still doing the, the, the watches. Yep. 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 Well, um, started originally going down the road on uh, doing some handmade U S material. You know, it was kind of right as COVID was, was starting and I really wanted to say, you know, U.S. made, U.S. products, U.S. craftsmanship. And I started looking into uh, doing leather watch straps. You know, Horween is a, a U.S.-based tannery. So I got some Horween leather and, and started making watch straps. Um, you know, it took quite a while to kind of get to a level to where they were, you know, acceptable and looked professional and looked like something that wasn't made at summer camp kind of thing. But, um, and then from there, watching YouTube videos on kind of how to work with leather, I turned on to making uh, tote bags and wallets and stuff like that. And, and next thing you know, I stood up a company called Port Tobacco Leather Company. Um, you know, Port Tobacco is a local port here in Southern Maryland, dates back to Revolutionary War, uh, you know, so it's a it's a known entity. There's Port Tobacco Road and the actual port itself. Um, so I thought, from a marketing standpoint, it made you know perfect sense to have Port Tobacco Leather Company. And you know, so I've just um, put a couple of bags together and posted a few posts on Facebook and got inundated with orders. Uh, it's like, well, man, I might be onto something here. So. Consequently, I've spent nights and weekends making leather bags here recently. And uh, so it's, you know, after the first of the year, I'm going to launch a website and kind of stand up a proper company okay. and see where that goes. But, you know, it was cool that it did kind of spawn out of the watch company. And I guess it's a good example of, you know, keeping your eyes open. You know, you don't want to get too crazy on going down too many roads, but, right. um, you know, for me, I thought it made sense. I have, you know, specifically because of the name, I thought it was a good sounding marketing effort. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes after the first of the year and, uh, and go from there. So, you know, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like it. I mean, the pictures that I've seen that you showed me, I mean, it looked, I'd never guessed that it was a new venture for you. They look totally professional. And I mean, it looks like a great product, so I'm sure those will those will do well, also. Oh, thanks. Yeah, seriously, uh, I, I'm curious. So, like the uh, the leather strap that I got with my watch was that was that one that you manufactured? Or was that one no. that you had made for you? No, no, no. That was the standard product. Okay. Um, you know, I wanted I wanted upgrade. I wanted an upgrade from that standard leather strap that came with the watches. And uh, anybody that's been on the website lately knows that these leather straps are not on the website. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I was guilty of kind of getting sidetracked, but, um, you know, come springtime, uh, 
kind of do a little revamping of of some products that are offered offer the the uh the leather straps as a mm-hmm. premium option okay. and really kind of get it stood up in a proper way once the so, once the leather company gets going so mark was that so was this evolution for you more of a um out of the out of a need to uh enhance um winfield uh, because of the issues going on with COVID and supply chains and other things, you you were looking to you know enhance through you know another division or another company to help boost you know just your entrepreneurship or was this something that you know I mean what's what's that you know what's that mindset behind that I mean yeah. for our listeners that are you know what I'm trying to get at I guess in a roundabout way is is you know as you as an entrepreneur you know it's okay to pivot and it's okay to create new ideas. And like you, you just hit it on it too, but you don't want to be in everything, right? You don't want too much on your plate, but you right, know what? Right, right. Well, truly it started from wanting to, you know, everybody knows that 99.9% of every wristwatch on the face of the earth is made in Asia. I mean, that's not a secret. Um, so, you know, with the, kind of the, you know, the origins of COVID, I really wanted to come up with something that was American made, uh, that uses American, uh, American materials made in the U.S., U.S. craftsmanship. And so it was really an effort to kind of wave the flag on, uh, you know, on a Winfield offering. And truly it, it, it kind of is, it still, it's still that, you know, it is good to, uh, you know, to have a U.S. based company that uses U.S. materials and it's made in America, and to me, that's something that that I can be proud of. But uh, you know, so it was really kind of an effort to bring something that was U.S. made to the table. And uh, you know, the the difference between the the standard leather strap and these the horrowing straps it's i mean it's like night and day i mean these are just they're beautiful straps they really are so that's you know that's something to be proud of that i can actually create that myself and have people enjoy a product that i physically made with my own two hands um you know there's there's a large amount of satisfaction in that as well so uh and then, you know, that kind of just naturally led into building some bigger, uh, bigger products and things like that. But really it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just really cool and has become important to me. And I guess maybe this was something that I didn't really realize that, uh, you know, that it would be really cool and fun to have people appreciate something that I actually made with my hands and that wasn't anything that I entered into this business thinking, you know, as far as the leather. It's like, you know, I really want to make something that people will enjoy. That, that wasn't the motivation at all. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's amazing. That, that kind of developed. And, uh, you know, so now all of a sudden I'm, you know, kind of working on becoming a craftsman and I'm starting to get into, you know, small business, local business, local uh, Southern Maryland and uh you know making stuff with my hands so so that was i guess was a personal growth experience for me that unlocked something that you know i didn't really know i appreciated that much which makes me in turn appreciate other small businesses who make things with their own hands and um you know i've kind of feel like i'm discovering 
uh, you know, kind of a lost art. Yeah. I was going to uh, say it's not, not too much out there, uh, is, is made by hand. Anymore. Yeah. 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 So, well, that, that takes so me down to another, cool. another question. It, does this, uh, does this leather working take you? We, we had a conversation the other day with another veteran who's his business, um, takes him to what we'll call the happy place to help him mentally with his mental health, mm. um, post, post military career. Mm. Um, does, is, is your, is your leather working business giving you that same kind of, um, purpose and same kind of happy place? Well, I think it is. Um, you know, it's two completely different types of businesses. Uh, I learned watchmaking and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, did some Seiko mods that I can take apart a watch movement and put it back together and that kind of thing. But I, it's, it would be impossible for me to make watches to sell in any kind of volume, you know? So really it's a, it's a, it's somebody else has to produce the watches. I do the design and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, really it's a, it's a marketing effort and uh, looking at market trends and understanding what people want in watches. Um, you know, and I've always loved watches. I've got that going for me and all that kind of stuff. But as far as actually um, creating something, I don't really consider myself a horological, you know, contributor to horology as a whole you know i'm not creating incredible timepieces that you know that people will write articles about you know it's they're good practical watches for people who need a good tough watch um but really there's a lot of marketing involved and with the with the leather it's kind of you know left brain right brain it's it's way more creative and I can actually do something tactile with my hands and, and cut the leather and sew the leather and, and uh, you know, understand how these pieces and parts go together to, to make something that's really cool that I've made with my own two hands. So I guess, I guess, um, I guess that is kind of a, a roundabout way to answer your question. And I guess the answer is yes. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it does take me to a happy place because I'd much rather, uh, you know, sit here and, and make cool things with leather and come up with new designs and new ideas and stuff like that. than uh, you know, do my day job. So, but that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. So, We're always so it does, talking it, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it does kind of scratch an itch like I said, that I kind of didn't really even know I had. So, so it's cool. Yeah, man. How long, how long did it take you to uh, kind of perfect the watch straps? Cause that to me seems like a, an item that seems simple, but I think when you get down to it, it's probably pretty difficult to actually oh, manufacture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Making big tote bags and stuff like that's a hundred times easier than making <laughs> a watch strap because they have to be, you know, exactly the right width, the uh, I searched high and low for a tool that would allow me to punch the the holes for the buckle, mm-hmm. the buckle holes, you know, and that was impossible to find. And then you have to work; it has to be exactly, exactly in the center. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, just all these little details that are are so there's you know the tolerances are so tight that if it's a hair out, it just you know, it sticks out like a sore yeah. thumb. So I burned, I don't know how much 
leather trying to get this stuff figured Jeez. out and then how the how the stitches go in the uh in the lugs it's kind of a field pilot style strap so there's two stitches right where the lugs of the watch are um you know how to hide the ends of the of the thread and there's all these little technical details that you would never think uh you know would be something that you'd have to be concerned with but when you break it down it was really tough it took a long time to kind of get something that looked halfway uh you know halfway usable so it was a it was a pretty big learning curve that's for sure but you know man i keep going back to youtube there's nothing nothing you can't do if you just can't learn on youtube surf youtube man i'm telling you so that was another youtube success story just watching frame by frame videos of of how these guys sew the leather and cut it and measure and you know all this stuff so um so the name so the name of that is port tobacco leather port tobacco leather company leather company and that's on social media right now just no website uh well it's an etsy site port tobacco leather but every time i post a picture I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, but every time I Toot post it. a picture, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get I get three or four orders, and I and I can't do them, so I kind of slow down on posting anything because I've got to get caught up with the orders that I've got. Um, just this past week, uh, bought a an industrial sewing machine, which is going to really speed up production tremendously. So, um, you know, so I've kind of got to get my ducks in a row here before I go. Uh, you know, go live with a website and stuff like that to be able to get some stock built up. That's really the kind of the key that I'm trying to achieve right now is building up a stock. Because if you were to order a bag right now, it, you know, it'd take me two months to to get it done. And I don't want to have people wait, just like I didn't want to right. have people wait with the watch company. You know, it's like we're the I same announced. way at, at Modduce. We we don't want. I think we all agree that when you get all excited about something on an impulse buy from social media and then you don't get it for two and a half months, oh, you kind yeah. of forgot you ordered it and you go, wow, oh, man, not as excited. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's kind of a buzzkill when you actually get it because you're not getting that immediate satisfaction. Yeah. So, so yeah, I need to get some stock built up. And like I said, after the first of the year, we'll run it up and see what happens after that. That's very Yeah. Cool. I'm going to go check it out. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. That's that's cool. I'm excited to see those straps. I'm I'm a watch guy myself. I'm I've got a stack full of watch bands and box full of watches. I, I love all that stuff. It's, oh heck yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I think we, with that being said, I, you know, like I said, the reason we brought you on, we kind of wanted to get a recap, kind of touch base with you, kind of see what what was new, see how you were handling all the uh, the craziness of, of 2020, but. Um, if you want, we have a couple more minutes before we uh, we sign off. Do you want to kind of recap the promotions you were running? And then um, we can talk to Ben for a few minutes, uh, kind of get another recap on our Christmas promotion that we're doing. Oh, heck yeah. Remind everyone what we're uh, doing this Christmas season. Yep, yep. Well, the November sale ends tomorrow. Okay. November ends tomorrow, and so does the sale. And it's currently 25% off on any of the Mission Series watches. And uh, you get... Uh, three NATOs as well. So you got the watch, the standard leather band, three NATOs and the canvas watch roll. Those, um, those NATOs are really nice. I, I got those with my watch. They're 
really nice for anyone out there that's listening that loves natos <laughs> yeah i'm a big nato guy i'm a big nato guy but uh yeah so the november sale ends tomorrow but there's always a uh specifically veteran and law enforcement officer uh special so um for everyone listening to this who happens to be a vet or even if you aren't a vet you appreciate veterans uh there'll be a standard ongoing code win vet w-i-n-v-e-t 15 and that'll get you 15 percent off uh any of the Winfield watches. So, and that's ongoing, no limit. So feel free to spread that to your uh, veteran friends and that's awesome. folks who appreciate veterans and, uh, and away we go. So that's win vet 15. Cool. We'll post that up on our, uh, our site as well. That's, that's hey, very generous. Right. So thank oh, well, you thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, ben, you want to close us out here? Anything uh, you got going on? Anything new? So, yeah, yeah, we'll hit the, so first off, uh, Mark was the first uh, veteran company to respond and respond immediately when we were trying to put together this whole Christmas wish list and has been uh, absolutely involved in this whole marketing, uh, joint marketing effort. So um, thank him for that. Uh, You know, so Black Friday came and went. Small business Saturday is come and gone. We got Cyber Monday tomorrow. Um, and if you've been to uh, pretty much any of the of the partnering companies' social media in one way or another, we've all kind of um, promoted each other. Um, it, it, it got a little it got a little crazy with Black Friday. Everybody kind of had different, um, uh, you know, just like Mark, we had different codes and different percentages and other things. So it got a little. A little hectic, um, but I think we got it out there a lot. We got it out on the street. Um, I think everybody has responded that they've seen um, increase in in sales and an increase in participation on their different websites and social medias, which was kind of the goal. Um, so we had a little bit of a collaboration uh, meeting the other day, and we're going to continue to push. It wasn't just a Black Friday deal. So we've got a couple things coming up. Um, we're going to we're going to ask, and maybe any of your listeners, if you go on any of our social media, that's Modus Nation, Nothing Old Podcast, uh, Winfield Watches, Forest Flags, Mutt Sauce, uh, Cranky Candles, and Freedom Forged, uh, and give us, if you, we want to expand our little network. So if you know of a small, uh, small veteran-owned or veteran-related business um, that's doing well in their community and, and doing things... Uh, great that you want to suggest to us, just come and either DM one of us or, you know, tag them and let us know somehow on social media, we'll add them to the group. Um, the other thing, you know, is, is that we're going to continue to put out some different promotions over the next couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, you know, some collaborative, uh, deals and, and discounts. Um, and then, uh, we're also, I think leading up to Christmas going to have, a uh, kind of a charity basket that we may auction off coming up where, where we put the group of us, put some, some products and some other things into a, uh, you know, forest that we had on before he auctioned off a flag for charity. And so I think we're going to try and do that leading up to the holiday to maybe feed some families or something of that nature, but that'll be forthcoming um, for us to, to get out on the street um, and, and just, 
keep pushing. It's, it's really been good. We've seen a lot of response. So that's great to hear. I love it. I love hearing all that. Very cool. Well, I think that's probably a good place to, uh, to end for today. I know this is a, a shorter episode, but uh, like I said, we wanted to uh, kind of do these, these recap episodes uh, leading up to Christmas, just to kind of touch base with our, uh, some of our favorite people, you know, give them another chance to talk about all the good things they're doing. Uh, and as always, Mark is a great guest, very generous with his time and, uh, you know, with the coupon codes and everything. So we appreciate that. Uh, and Ben is doing great things with, uh, with Modus, him and Lindsay and all the uh, companies they're working with. I want to get a lot of his, uh, his partners on the show also. So hopefully we can get them on uh, before Christmas working on that. But, um, I think, uh, I think that was a good show. So I will, uh, I'll sign off for today. Uh, so everyone out there, thanks for listening. I hope you all had a good holiday and we will, uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks again, everybody. Bye. Nothing old. Nothing old.